Often we look back at the distant past, but sometimes the past we discuss isn't quite so far behind. In this episode of the podcast, we don't have to dive so deep. We'll catch up on some recent adventures, time traveling back to the arcade, going treasure hunting, and even looking forward to going to the movies. Stick with us on another laid-back and casual in-between episode. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me is Preston Burt. Preston, I have nothing catchy to say. <laughs> wow, and I have no catchy answer either, so it's perfect. It's a match made in heaven. So, how have things been going for you? Uh, pretty good. You know, things are getting busy here around the holidays. A lot of kids' uh, musicals and mm-hmm. courses and pianos recitals and all this kind of stuff. And then end of year at work, so it's been busy with that. Um, and then there's just been too much, too much good stuff on TV mm-hmm. uh, and the movies to just consume it all. So I'm just kind of deluged here. It's it's it, in a good way. Yeah, I will agree with you. Uh, you know, the number of things that you have to go to, like uh, for like kid presentations or uh-huh. whatever, like it's crazy. Like my oldest daughter had a thing on Sunday that she did, mm-hmm. and then she has a thing tomorrow also. Yeah, it's, tomorrow my wife and I have to tag team it. Uh, my daughter has a piano recital, and my older oldest daughter has a band performance. Mm-hmm. And so my wife's got to take the younger one first, and then they're going to rearrange the order so she can go absolutely first, and then they can leave to go so we can hopefully see uh, my oldest. But, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy like that. And everybody tries to do it all in the, the same few days, it seems mm-hmm. like. so. Yeah, the... Uh... The weird thing with mine is that it is the same kid and they're both school things that like, I don't know, the, it just, it starts getting too much. And my youngest daughter doesn't have anything. So yeah. And they go to the same school, but. So even though it's like super busy for us, do you mm-hmm. remember when you were a kid and it was like the best, most chill time? I mean, it seems like once you hit December in school, when you were little anyway, not right. when you're high school, mm-hmm. like. December didn't even count. I mean, you were just like doing coloring sheets Mm -hmm. and watching movies and then making lists for Santa. I mean, like that's where your mind was. Yeah. Do, uh, so yes, during, during the month of December, like leading up to Christmas vacation or winter break, uh, it was, you do start getting like, okay, well we got this part of our school stuff done with now. It's just goof off time. Did you have a lot of, uh, events that you had, that you had with school during that time? I think we always had like a Christmas concert, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't think it was chorus or anything like that, but it was, well, I mean, I did have chorus stuff older, but you know, as in elementary school, it was like just a class had like a sing-along, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you put on little reindeer antlers or something goofy mm-hmm. and had a lunch performance and that was it. Yeah, I can't think of anything that I did school-related. Like there was extracurricular stuff because I was in theater and that kind of thing. So we always, like I was in like a Christmas carol and, and that kind of stuff. But um, as far as school goes, I don't remember. I also like starting in sixth grade i went to a private school and that's probably why because we didn't have we had like a music class but it wasn't it obviously wasn't the focus of that school and so the um i don't remember us ever having anything extra that we did for that class (laughs) so uh before that like uh 
when I was like in third and fourth grade, I lived in Birmingham and I remember doing like events. There was this thing called bugging out and it was a musical <laughs> about bugs and oh. I, I was a lightning bug. I thought you were just really hit for a minute. There. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, but that wasn't for Christmas. I don't, I, I don't ever remember doing stuff for Christmas myself. So it's always weird to me that my kids have so much to do. Sad, sad childhood. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think back then the teachers well, maybe what I remember is that I think they were also looking forward to the winter break. Oh, and yeah, so, I'm sure. Uh, you know, why add on all this extra stuff to do when we're going to be going on break anyway? So, <laughs> But, uh, no, you know, it's it's fun to see. Uh, and it's nice to support, the like, the kids when they're going through all this stuff because, uh, you know, it opens up a lot of stuff that they normally don't get to do, you know, through the regular part of the school year. And so like when they are singing in front of people and stuff like that, it's just new experiences that they get to be and Maybe they'll like it and they can go for more into that. And stuff, yeah. So. Uh, and it's funny. We always talk, your kids are younger than mine. And so my oldest, she's 14 and you're, you're like, as the Christmas season comes on and you start experiencing things, you start realizing, well, I need to, I need to savor this. I don't mm-hmm. know how much longer we'll be able to do this as a family right. or she'll even want to do these, you know, Christmas activities or, or help decorate or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it comes, it becomes more prescient and, uh, it's really good. Listen to a lot of Christmas songs lately. Mm-hmm. You got, you got a jam going on the radio. Uh, so my oldest daughter, uh, th- so for a while we were listening to just like we were streaming stuff on my phone. Uh-huh. Um, but because the car ride to school is so much longer than it used to be now, uh, now that I've moved out to where I live now, uh, I don't want to use that much data. And so we just, uh, we, you just sing along. Yeah. We, no, we, um, <laughs> we listened to a, a radio station that uh-huh. my daughter knows. And recently they've started playing Christmas music, which is nice because, uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of the music that they normally play. Uh-huh. And so, uh, it's nice that it's just generic, like top 40 Christmas music now. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bummed because usually there's a couple of stations here in the Metro Atlanta area that play Christmas tunes, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's only the one. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm having to rely a lot on Spotify. Yeah. And I know when I was a kid, um, I, for a while I lived in, uh, like outside of Dothan, Alabama, and there was like one station that like, I don't remember what the date was, maybe December 1st. Like they just, they, that's all they played was mm-hmm. Christmas stuff. Um, and my mom was, she loves Christmas. And so like, but she's like into like new age Christmas music. Uh, oh, of course. At least I remembered, um, you know, I used, I used to get her a Christmas album for Christmas uh, occasionally and for her present but like she likes like Mannheim steamroller and stuff like that and so Ooh. um so getting like nothing plays like that on the radio so it's, it's <laughs> that's where streaming comes in handy yeah well i was asking about listening to stuff on the radio because um heading into our episode topics here i actually had a really 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 long car ride mm-hmm. uh several weeks ago actually just before thanksgiving and uh, this is the first time i've been able to get on the podcast to talk about it and I was driving solo, mm-hmm. and so I was listening to everything I could think of, But I and I burned through like all of my podcasts and stuff to get down there because I had a trip to Orlando, Florida. Nice. Uh, twofold. And uh, I'll, I'll split it up with hopefully some stories you might have. But I got to go to IAPA, mm-hmm. which is the International Amusements Expo, mm-hmm. and then followed by a stint at free play Florida, which for those of you who don't know 
is a retro gaming convention. So um, I was really, really occupied, and I've got some really fun stories to, to, to talk about. What have you been up to that we are going to discuss today? Uh, so I was able, the, the area that I live in has a lot of um, like antique stores and that kind of thing. And so I generally don't go shopping in antique stores, but uh, I figured, hey, you know, I'm filling out some stuff in the studio and maybe I can find some, I, you know, I know that you have uh, a store in an antique mall. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, maybe there'll be other stores that carry that type of stuff, you know, like nostalgic 80s, 90s stuff and that I can snag. And so uh, I went shopping for some, looking for something for that. Uh, and then also... Um, we have a big uh, anniversary coming up on Friday uh, that I'm excited to talk about. So Cool. Well, uh, shall I dive into talking about my most recent adventure? Sounds great. Nerf Arcade! So, Brian, you've been to a trade show before, right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't remember. When I was a kid, we went to one. It was probably my stepdad's company. He was a programmer, and he worked for different companies throughout the years. And I remember it basically being a bunch of booths that you would think of with um, like in science fairs, like mm-hmm. booths like that. Uh, and there are little footballs, squeezy footballs. Actually, back then they weren't squeezy; they were hard plastic footballs. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and that kind of thing. And there was like a lot of like insurance companies or just different companies like that. Yeah, I've been to a lot of trade shows uh, over the years in my adult life. Um, when I had my own web design company, um, we went to some trade shows. And back then, it was before flat panels were like mm-hmm. af- easily affordable. Right. And so I remember lugging a giant, you know, 19-inch CRT around uh, to put on the table. And it was boring stuff. And then for my work, I've been to several that have had wide-ranging, you know, exhibitors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most exciting of which was some sort of nudist colony uh, that was looking – it's – for representation uh, to lawmakers. It was, it was like the most unexpected thing. They were like, check out the diseases we got. It was like, (laughs) here's Coca-Cola exhibiting. Here's the NRA exhibiting. Here is (laughs) whatever nudist colony exhibiting. And you're like, what crazy. So yes, I have seen some crazy stuff. I've seen some boring stuff, but um, most people will probably think of trade shows and they think of like the consumer electronics show Mm -hmm. and, or CES. And that's a really big one. It's a really popular one. Right. Uh, there's some cool stuff to see for sure. But I think I have now discovered what may be the best kept secret in trade shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a small trade show for sure, but it's not one that makes the rounds of the news like the Toy Fair or the or, or CES right. or whatever or E3. Mm-hmm. But IAPA is where it's at. So if you don't know what IAPA stands for, it is International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. Okay. So this is down in Orlando, Florida. It was the week before Thanksgiving, or sorry, the week before the week of Thanksgiving. And 
it is everything related to amusement parks. Mm-hmm. How how many days is this? <clears throat> well, so the the convention runs like I want to say like five days, okay. and so the the first couple of days there may even be some pre conference stuff. <clears throat> the first couple of days are like classes and things right. like that, uh-huh. and but then. The the real draw here is the tr- is the show floor, mm-hmm. the exhibitors and stuff like that. But they also, because this takes place in Orlando, Florida, every year. Fun fact: it actually took place in Atlanta several times way back when. Huh. But um, Atlanta used to be a hotbed because E three was in Atlanta also yeah, for a couple of years. I don't know what we did to to <laughs> to anger the gods, but they went away to Orlando. But you know that's the the heartbeat of the amusement industry. Mm -hmm. You got all the theme parks down there, all the majors. Um, So they'll have like getaway excursions. You have to pay extra for to go to like, have like, you know, the last couple hours at universal or something or whatever. They'll, they'll do little outings for, for these, for these members. Mm -hmm. But um, what's cool about this is, so it's, it's an annual exhibit convention wherein all the players of the amusement industry come to show their wares to market to uh, to buyers, essentially. So you can come as um, like a, an association member. Right. You can come as a press, which I did. Mm-hmm. You can come as a buyer, which is uh, what everybody wants you to be. Or, or, or you can come as just a general attendee. Oh, okay. So they just sell tickets for general admittance. Yeah, it, it is open to the public. Um but it's like I said, it's not. You know, it's it does take a certain type of uh, of of taste that mm-hmm. you want to have for this. If you're into like theme parks, right? This is a really really cool experience because, like, it's just interesting to see a trade show floor that is so huge. Is at the or uh, it's at the. Orange County Convention Center. Mm -hmm. And it takes up the entire space of the Orange County Convention Center, which is like the biggest convention center I've ever seen. Right. Um, It's so big that it actually has uh, small roller coasters in it Uh and uh, giant fair rides like on the show floor. So you can actually go and walk up and down the aisles. You can sample food. You can see the latest... um, esoterica for building amusement parks you can see animatronics you can see dark rides you can see haunted houses you can see all the latest amusement parks uh, amusement um coin-op games and you can even ride rides while you're there so that's pretty awesome the how safe do you feel it is for these light roller coasters because uh you know i've seen the video advertising this trade show Uh and the roller coaster that was on that video. The front of it is it's a roller coaster, but you're also in a wheel that's doing loop to loops the entire time for the roller coaster. <laughs> so I rode that one. Uh-huh. But I didn't get in the front because the line for that was, was mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't long by like traditional <laughs> amusement park standards, but right. long for my purposes. Like I ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really, really safe mm-hmm. because um, the, the rides are like brand new. Right. Uh, you know, they're, if it were one of these ones that are a carnival that you don't know how long they've been in operation and they're mm-hmm. operated by Scuzzy McGee, um, I'd be more wary of that rather than the, you know, not wanting a, a company to to show its butt <laughs> to anybody else, right? And, uh, put their best face on. So those are pretty cool. 
Um, I actually discovered this several years ago when I started doing my, when I was really deep, deep into um, arcade and pinball collecting. Mm -hmm. And I learned about it because this is where a lot of the coin, the the coin-op manufacturers of today uh, come to show their wares because they're hoping that amusement parks or family entertainment centers Mm -hmm. will see whatever new thing they have and say, okay, uh, I I need a thousand units for all the Dave and Busters across the country. Or Disney's like, okay, we need, you know, we need to get 10 of these for Disney quest and Disney, whatever, Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what they're hoping for. But, you know, as a member of the, you know, as a fanatic or a member of the public or the press, you can just go and look at all this stuff and try it out. So since you were there, I don't mean to keep going back to this roller coaster, but (laughs) (laughs) so do you think that that roller coaster would be a feasible thing for like a family fun center? Uh, You know, they don't opt. It's so this attracts attendees from, a wide range of, of quote amusement right. mm-hmm. things. So, so you're going to get some people who are buying this to operate in that traveling right. mm-hmm. fair road show or, you know, County fair or mm-hmm. States fair. Um, yeah, that one, I don't think it'd be a huge draw, but you know, I'm used to like a six flags or a Disney, but there are a lot of mid tier amusement parks like, uh, more homegrown kind of amusement yeah. parks that are in the country that operate on a lower budget. Uh-huh. And those might be a good option. See, so when I was a kid, there was this arcade that I would go to that was a putt-putt golf place, but they also had bumper boats uh, and like a batting cage and they had a giant arcade and go-karts. And, you know, I think, man, how awesome would it be if like that place also had that roller coaster? I think yeah. that would be like, yeah. like, People would come from cities around to come to that place, you know? So I didn't get the details of the roller coaster itself. <laughs> what have you done? You failed me. <laughs> but but what's cool about this 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 show is that all of those things that you mentioned mm-hmm. are you can find all the details about it. So like there are several vendors that had brand new, like industrial grade go karts for sale. Oh, that's cool. With price tags on them Uh and so you can be like oh wow i never knew that one of those uh go-karts at andretti Mm -hmm. costs like three thousand dollars for the car but if you want to buy one it's right there um you can you know like i said you can see all the pricing uh of any type of brand new arcade game Mm -hmm. pinball machine um but what i really like and i mean I'm, i'm happy to talk about some of the cool games i saw we can get to that. But what I mentioned earlier about the show is like the esoterica, like the stuff you don't think about right. in amusement parks, you get to see the manufacturers of these things. So like, it's not necessarily like stuff you're going to fanboy over, but you know, when you go to uh, a ride and you go down and you're waiting in line and they have like those atmospheres built. So you feel like you're in a cave or you feel like mm-hmm. someone makes those, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you want to know who it is and how much it costs and where to get it, you can go to IAPA and meet the sculptors that do that kind of stuff. Uh, you can look at people who sell like foot lockers for water parks mm-hmm. because you need to store your, your gear in, uh, in a locker to keep it safe. They have that kind of weird stuff too. Um, but they also have 
like synchronized water fountain uh, displays and manufacturers. You've got people who have uh, neon glow stuff. Mm -hmm. You have um, haunted house manufacturers, like I mentioned before, and like fright things and masks and costume figures. Uh, If you want a mascot outfit, they got stuff like that. It's everything that goes into this. It's, it's fun stuff like, um, it's fun stuff like if you want to buy a shooting gallery, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, with light awesome. guns, yeah, 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 they have those. You can see their demo and maybe buy them, but they also have boring stuff like trash cans, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's, it's really cool and how wide ranging it is. I could be mistaken, but I think I saw, not this year, I think I saw a previous year where if you walk every single aisle mm-hmm. up and down and then across, it's like 11 miles of stuff wow. to see. And it's inside and they even have outside um, tents and then completely outside uh, exposed to the weather, um, like big slides and mm-hmm. you know, like you see at the fairs oh, and stuff right. like that. I, I Someone probably has a video on YouTube of like the – GoPro on their head, them walking the the show. I would oh, think. yeah, totally. So. Um, I even took a video of uh, of me doing a couple of the rides while mm-hmm. I was up there. It, it's cool because it, it'll um, show you, like, the layout of the show floor, and it'll make you sick. So it's great. <laughs> it's a twofer. But uh, I, 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 like to, I like to go there and see the quirky stuff. It's something new every time. And then I also like to try every single piece of free food that I can try. Nice. So they're not all free? What? All the food. Well, there's like convention sellers that work at the convention center that sell like lunch food, you oh, know? okay. But, but every food that is there uh-huh. to exhibit, such as... Turkey legs. <laughs> there, there, there were no turkey legs. But there are a lot of like... There's a lot of like free popcorn and like junk food stuff uh-huh. from people who are selling the popcorn machines. Right. They'll give demos... Or if someone wants to buy, uh, if someone wants to sell a, like an ice cream cone that's new or like a waffle cone maker, Uh they'll give samples of that. Um, And then also like uh, Dippin' Dots is there. Mm -hmm. And 30, I forget, there's a spinoff now of the guy who made Dippin' Dots. He doesn't own Dippin' Dots anymore, but he has his own company, which is like coffee flavored Mm -hmm. Dippin' Dots. Yeah, and there's actual 30 caffeine degrees below in Joe or something. I don't know. There's actual caffeine in them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That uh-huh. was really good. Then there's like Beaver Tails, which is like fried donut with like Nutella on it. Oh, my gosh. It's so much junk food. This is the first year that I didn't see Coca-Cola there. Previous years that I've been there, you walk down the stairs and there's a giant Coca-Cola booth. And they're just like, here, try our freestyle machines. Here, have an Icy. Here, have this. It's, I, it's great. I love the freestyle machines. Oh my gosh, they're great! <laughs> I, I looked at one time into getting one for the basement, and <laughs> how much? Uh, it was it was like three thousand dollars or oh, something like reasonable. that. Reasonable, but like because I, I have worked places where we set up Coke to come and like install a machine and to service it, mm-hmm. and we must have gotten a really good deal because they did that for free, and then. Um, I, f- I feel like maybe we paid just like a monthly stocking fee or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, maybe it'll be like that. Maybe I could just have them install it in my basement and then I can just like have them restock it every month or pay a certain a dollar amount every month. But, uh, but nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they weren't there this year. I was really bummed. I think maybe, I think maybe the, f- 
maybe they were there the past few times I was there because they were advertising the freestyle machine. Yeah. But now it's kind of like it's a thing. People right. know about it now. They don't have to work so hard to, to try to mm-hmm. try to hawk it to people. Um, but that's okay. Every other time, every time I go, there's something different, something new. I mentioned earlier some of the games, yes. which I'd like to talk about because I, I am, as you know, uh, an arcade buff. And so I, I went with specific purpose to look for new stuff there. Was Stern there? Stern was there. They always have a present there. But so was uh, Jersey Jack. Uh-huh. So was Chicago Coin. Uh, Spooky? Spooky wasn't there. Their uh, American pinball was there with okay. the Houdini uh-huh. and Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of big players. And then for the arcade side, you've got manufacturers like Raw Thrills, mm-hmm. Betson, who distributes for them, and others. Uh, and Damarino, I think that's how you pronounce it. They do like pump up the pump it up games. Oh, like, okay, the dancing games. Yeah, the dancing mm-hmm. games. Uh, they do. Uh, you said it's Dan Marino. And Damarino, oh. <laughs> I think that's how you call it. But yeah, Dan Marino laces out. <laughs> <laughs> and they sometimes have uh, celebrities there. Uh-huh. So like Shaquille O'Neal was there to to kick off something for Carnival Cruise Lines, and uh, the year two years before. Hulk Hogan was there to, to pitch his new whatever he's doing. Who knows? It's crazy town. Um, I didn't go last year, but the year prior, I I went. And the the thing I was most excited about was Raw Thrills had debuted at that time a brand new four-player Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade Oh, game. yes. Did you uh-huh. remember seeing that? Yes. Uh-huh. So I was hoping for something, like, amazingly stunning like that um, to, to wow me. I, I didn't have anything blow me away like that as far as like a revelation. Right. But there were some, some new stuff that was really cool um, that you'll be seeing soon if you're not seeing it already at your local Dave & Buster's um, or whatever family entertainment center. So a couple of highlights for me were um, a new Hot Wheels multiplayer video redemption game. Okay. So it's a driver uh-huh. with like it's a big unit, of course, like they all are now. Right. Uh, with like six steering wheels of different colors that control different Hot Wheels cars, like different designs. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I'm not a Hot Wheels buff enough to know if these are famous, like you you know, designs that people remember, right? Or if they're unique to this game or what. But it's a race mm-hmm. as a little toy car mm-hmm. on the orange track. On the orange track yeah. that. You know, you're picking up little specials and power-ups and little coins and things along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can do loops and stuff. So it's it's a race, but also a race to get most points. Uh-huh. So it... Um, it's got stunts in it and stuff. Yeah, it's got, it's, it's got a lot that you can do in it to try to get points. So I like that it's not just a... I like that it's a competitive ticket game. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a huge redemption game kind of guy. Um so I like for there to be something extra to it if there's going to be there. And this this seems like it merges the multiplayer racer with Redemption really, really well in a fun way. And, of course, because it's a it's like a timed thing almost. You know, right. it ends when the race is over right. and the race has a set time or distance. So it's not a super long playing game, but it's one that you don't feel like you have wasted your money on. No. Well, the nice thing about that, too, is... Most racing games, when you're done racing, you get zero, you get nothing out of it, right? Yeah. And so at least this way you're also getting tickets. So right. that's nice. Um, another game I saw was uh, that's pretty fun. Is you know, you, it's it's hard to find 
originally original themed game. So this right. one is based off a of Nerf. Uh huh. It's a shooting game. It's really fun. Like it's one of these where you just sit down in a chair and there's a gun in front of you and then a big screen. But it's like in your face. There's something always to shoot at, mm-hmm. and there's targets that move, uh, and they are different point values. So you're you're battling against your buddy to try to get the most points, which equate. I don't I don't remember if this gives you tickets or not. Probably. Is, is this a video game or a physical game? This is a video game. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm showing Brian a picture of it right now. Oh, okay. And so the it it's cool because you're. You get the satisfaction of the recoil of the gun like you should. Right. Uh, and you get the satisfaction of shooting targets. But it's such a frenzied battle that you're just trying to keep your head above water to try to get more points. You know, strategically shoot that 2001 while he's over there shooting 100s, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's pretty cool. You know what I would have liked better? I should I should invent these games. Okay, why? It would have been nice if there was a, uh, you know... There was just hundreds of Nerf balls, uh-huh. and they like fed into the bottom or whatever, and so you were shooting physical Nerf balls out of these guns, um, and then and then the screen maybe is like a touch screen and so or capacitive, and then so that way it knows where the ball hit. There are a couple of those games out there that use those little balls, mm-hmm. um, but to what effect I don't know, because um, there was one you can it's been out for a while, a few years. It's a Ghostbusters game. Yeah, and they have these. I mean, it's weird. Oh yeah, it was a weird implementation. It, that's one of those like it's like a dark one. Of, yeah, it, but those use ping pong balls. I think. Yeah, like ping yeah. pong. Uh-huh. Balls. I mean, but that's what you're talking about. Yes. Essentially, it's just. With but I nerf want balls. nerf balls. Yeah. Oh, well, um, excuse me. Whoa, it's a nerf okay. game. It should have me. nerf balls. Jeez. Yeah. The, well, see, but that's strange because it's Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters don't shoot things with nerf ball or with ping pong balls, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would make sense for it in that game. Totally. Um, so those were two highlights for me. I also enjoyed, um, it's not a new game necessarily, but it's a new iteration of the game. Have you seen the mechanical Pong? You know, this is a way back attack, right? So we're talking about old stuff that's new again. They made, you know, the video game Pong. Yes, Uh uh-huh. They made a physical table that it's all mechanical. Mm -hmm. With physical paddles. Yes. um, And then a physical dot right right mm-hmm. so it's so like a three-dimensional thing it's mm-hmm. not on a video screen right it's like a little bar with a little uh cube it looks a- like a ho- air hockey table yeah so they have um the the thing they were pointing out this time is a um a four player simultaneous mm-hmm. so instead of just back and forth it's back forth side to side it's, it's almost r- like warlords yeah almost except you're not defending a castle you're just if it touches your side you're done right i wasn't there an old machine that had a physical pong also like maybe a cocktail table or something like that i don't know i feel like i remember seeing one a long time ago and thinking how do they do that i don't know but this one pulls it off with ease i like it um i would like to see that in the wild i would like to play that and see does it play well did you play it yeah, it plays well. I really love it. It's got an oversized spinner, uh-huh. um, so it takes some finesse to it, but it, it feels really sturdy. The mechanics, like you you wouldn't think something that's operating on like levers and stuff would be so smooth, right. but but they've got it going, and it's really, really smooth. And, of course, with the lighting options now with LEDs and stuff uh-huh. like that, like it's just 
it's just pretty. Yeah, that's interesting. Like it has like armatures that are controlling everything. It's funny though. Now, um, you know, I mentioned earlier like how big the Hot Wheels game is and how big the Nerf game is. Well, when the Pong table first came out, it was like like a cocktail table for mm-hmm. arcade games, just a little bit bigger. Right. Small squat. You sat on a stool to play it. Well, it's just neat to see. <laughs> it's interesting to see, rather, how these games just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're trying to compete in the current arcade setting, which right. is just monster-sized games to catch your attention. And so this new four-player one is like a beast and has like a huge uh, a huge uh, overhead sign and stuff, and the lights are going crazy, and it's got cup holders and the whole nine yards it's pretty cool yeah it's so crazy like if you think about old arcades and stuff like the games that come out now would never work in an old Mm -hmm. arcade because you had to get as many games as possible and so they needed to be like smaller size yeah stack up with each other easily yeah and so like what i appreciate is i love all those huge games i think they're awesome um but then as you walk through you see classic stuff like bottle toss I love stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm showing Brian a picture of ring toss with just, you know, bottles in a in a bin and you throw rings on it. You know, old school fun that it's timeless. There's there's a game at Dave and Buster's where it's like it has ping pong balls and then like little platforms and you're trying to hit each platform uh, to like eliminate it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it that is very similar to like the ring toss thing because it's like these small round platforms. So, yeah. Uh, I played several pinball machines while I was there. I won't give you a detailed description, um, but uh, I really, really enjoyed Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, is that, that, that one? That game Wait. was good. Sorry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the name of the pinball machine. And it is smooth as silk, has tons of stuff designed by Pat Lawler, who did, of course, Adam's Family, so many great games. Wait, it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? This, yes. That's weird because it's licensed from the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It is. Huh. That's weird they did that. Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me. Um, And then I got to play uh, the new Elvira. Yeah. Well, how was that? It was it was solid. I will not be purchasing one. Yeah. But it was it was it was nice to play. Smooth. If you like uh, an open fan layout. And the last thing I want to talk about, which was uh, totally new, not something. Uh, to revisit that's old is I, I saw a game that may be coming to your local jumpy place. Yeah. It was a, a game that uses, um, you know, like remote sensors, like connect or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to hold anything. It's just, it just sees your body movement. Right. And you play a platformer against somebody else jumping on a trampoline. It's like Nick arcade. Yes. It's Nick arcade come to life and it's amazing nice that's awesome the uh did, did you post pictures of that on your on yeah I, I i got some tw- i got some pictures of that and um i didn't get to do it though i don't think they were opening it up for people they they had employed very very fit and very youthful people to be their their um jump dummies yeah <laughs> to to demo it for everybody uh who who makes that game I will get back to you. Oh, okay. Because there, there's a dancing game that I, I want to say is a Japanese dancing game, but it has the same. It basically has a connect in it, and like it, instead of dancing on a um, on a pad like you would with uh, Dance Dance Revolution or um, 
that kind of thing. Uh, you just dance so many feet away from it, and it tracks all your movements and stuff like that. That's so, cool. Hey, I I said I get back to you. Look, I'm good. I would I did a good job. I took I took a photo of their brochure, so I'm able to tell you it's made by Valo Jump V A L O Jump, and they have a variety of games in the system you can play. One's called Super Stomp. It says squash your friends in the world's first two-player game for trampolines. There's Toy Watch, which says you are on a toy watch. Jump back and forth on the bridge to defend and the sandcastle from an onslaught of flying beach toys. Toy Watch is the ultimate crazy game for learning the basics of trampolining. That sounds the most like a Nick Arcade thing, like uh-huh. trying to like dodge or knock things away. Then there's Tracks. Follow specific tracks and strike indicated poses in the air. The game is about using hands and feet to collect nodes while being as quick and as precise as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So and like then, hole in the wall, kind of. Then sky, t- yeah. That's and then sky tails bounce through the skies. Tree branches, little islets, and clouds work as your steps up. Sky tails is a great way to learn control, jump height, and position. Working your way through the levels, you will get in shape as well. So that's like a physical doodle jump. Yeah. So. Uh, pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. It won the, it won some award at the show, huh. and I, I don't know where you'll get to see it, but uh, look for that one for a lot, sure. A lot of malls nowadays have trampoline businesses. Yeah. Hey man, you should check it out. So if you haven't ever been to IAPA, put it on your calendar, do some research, see if it's right for you. I think you'll enjoy it, and um, I'm glad I got to go again. So that's all for my IAPA. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge! Now with the new electronic talking Viewmaster Viewer, batteries not included, see and hear 3D scenes from Disney's Mickey's Christmas Carol. Just snap in a cartridge. Ah, humbug! And the characters look and sound so real. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge! You think you could reach in and touch them. See and hear A-Team and Muppets on cartridges each sold separately. The talking Viewmaster Viewer with earphone, volume control, and three Mickey Mouse cartridges. Well, that sounds really cool. Uh, I unfortunately did not have as exciting of a trip uh, that that you had uh, going to IAPA, but um, I, you know, was wanting to. I'm kind of in the headspace to snag some small items and for decoration reasons and that kind of thing, and so uh, I figured I'd go shopping in my local area at some antique malls. Uh, and and see what I could find. Sweet. Yeah. The um, did you go with anything in particular in mind? Were like a specific on the hunt, or are you just kind of like, let's see where the world takes me. No, there's a. So I had nothing specific in mind because it's always so hit and miss with what you even see at at, at things like this. Um, you know, recently I've gone to uh, a couple different flea markets that are in the area. And have had really good luck on like finding cool stuff at those places, um, but I figured I don't. I guess because the town that I live next to is considered a tourist attraction or uh-huh. whatever, and so that's why there's a lot of yeah. Oh, a tourist, pe- a tourist you're... attraction for old people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in a tourist town, there's definitely going to be some some antique malls. Yeah, like it's you know you go to the square, you walk around, you get something to eat. You go dig through the antiques. Yeah, and it's it's, do. it's surprising to me that this town has as many as they have because there's also a college in this town, and so you would think that they would want to have more hip 
things for the college kids to do, but you would think. I don't know. But no, who needs something? Who needs something hip when you got a fudge shop? Yeah, well, maybe college kids love <laughs> antiquing, and I just yeah. don't know about it. Uh, but anyway, so um, I did not find a ton of cool stuff uh, because um, I tried to stay as close to my house as possible, and there's actually a couple places right up the road from me uh, that I have never been to, and I was. Uh, I was driving by and saw it and was like, oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and, and pull into this place. So I did find, I did not buy it, but I did find a, um, so you know the Viewmaster, right? Or Viewfinder, uh-huh. Viewmaster, Viewmaster. Right? Yes. So Viewmaster, uh, the one that I remember is like a bright red and orange color and, uh, you know, it's plastic and you have these uh, paper um discs that have basically just uh, frames. Sometimes it was pictures of like the A team and like it would, they would tell a story over time uh, going through and you, you basically move the disc with this lever on the side of it. And they were in 3d. It was 3d pictures. Uh, I, were they all 3d? So wait, hang on. Are you a lever guy or a lever guy? Uh, I probably go either way. <laughs> <laughs> I go lever way. <laughs> Uh no, but um, <laughs> that was hideous. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I bet I bet just depending on the situation. I'm well, in. you for the record, you were just a lever guy. Lever. I I could say I think a lever. It probably has to do with how big the lever or lever is. Like when I think lever, I think of I don't know. Lever sounds wrong now that I've said it. So many times. <laughs> is it one of those words where when you start thinking about it, it just sounds weird? I, I would think of a lever as being like a big thing that takes my whole arm to move. Okay. Whereas a lever is just something that I can like t- twiddle with. Oh my gosh! Why are you a lever guy? No, I'm a lever guy all the way through and through because lever sounds so redneck to me. It would have to have an A in it to be a lever, right? Because it's like leave. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah but it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, but with, they, they were always 3D, right? Like, I can't think of any that weren't 3D, the the viewfinder. Unless view. they were, like, cartoons, right? Yeah. I feel like even the cartoon ones were. Like, that was the whole point of the thing was it was called the 3D Viewmaster, right? Oh, baby. Viewmaster, right? That's what it's called, right? It's been a while since I, I looked through one. About this. Anyways, so I guess in my head I always just assumed that this was an 80s thing. And... Uh, didn't think about it, but apparently they are extremely old because there was one in this antique store uh, that uh, with like a bunch of like old, it was in a section that had like old baseball cards and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was metal. Oh, it, yeah. And so I'd never seen this before. But that was still a Viewmaster? Yeah. So I didn't know what you, I didn't know where you were going with that, but I do know that like the, the quote technology uh-huh. has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. That it's so old that it didn't even use that shape. Right. It was basically you held this thing up to your eye and it had this field of distance and you put a postcard down in there. Yeah. And then the two viewfinders you looked through gave you that depth of field. Mm-hmm. But so that kind of had the same effect, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was, you'd have to swap in a, like a postcard size picture mm-hmm. rather than click your lever. This had, this had a lever on it. <laughs> oh. <so. laughs> the, um, but I was just shocked because like, uh, I don't remember what year it was. Let's just say 60s. I feel like this metal thing was. I was shocked to see a metal one. Um, since I'm talking about that, I did not see that at this thing. But did you know they made Viewmasters that were also electronic and like told stories? No. Yeah. So I was something that I've been looking at recently also are like 
catalogs like old catalogs like for sears catalogs and stuff like that and there's one in that like it wow. when you do when you hit the lever uh <laughs> it, it like basically turns the page on the recording and it reads like the next whatever would be for the next picture you're looking at so anyways there is so how much, much how much did it cost i don't remember oh wow <laughs> there's so much viewmaster tech that i have been like finding out about recently it's just shocking to me wow man <laughs> did you go to viewmaster wiki what's going on no here? i should i should I, I should start my own viewmaster website oh wow yeah you should be the go-to viewmaster guy yeah the viewmasters what yes <laughs> nobody take that from me that's my website viewmasters of the universe <laughs> i bet i bet it's well no but that would only that's the sub that's like a, a sub thing on my sitemap for just the Masters of the Universe okay. section. So. <laughs> um, but uh, so there is that there is um, uh, I did find like uh, some old I was kind of looking for art. I did find like some old posters and stuff and like movie posters, but uh, there wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. It's just the movie posters were just too old. It was like old John Wayne stuff and, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, just old cowboy stuff there was some coke things but i don't care about coke at all um but the uh, uh i would say probably that view that Viewmaster was probably the highlight of my trip did you happen to to, to fall upon my antiques booth no i have been there before uh-huh. um but i i did not go to that side because i've i've walked there is a mall directly across the street from the mall that yours is in. Uh-huh. Uh, and I need to go to that one because I have not been in that one. That one's got more. It's got more cool stuff? No, like just more booths. Oh. Well, you know, there wasn't a lot of cool stuff at this one. <laughs> at least what I was looking for. You know, some of these some of these booths have... Uh, I, I, I also have... Um, I like neon signs and stuff for like the bar area of my basement right yeah. and so i will generally go look for that kind of thing as well it's funny i so i like i enjoy looking at antique malls because i like finding you know s- stuff that i would collect of course right but granted i could spend hours being meticulous and looking through stuff and and i'm sure i would discover more stuff than just a cursory glance mm-hmm. but i kind of know what i want so much not not a specific piece, but I know like the vibe I'm going for right. and what kind of booze would have that vibe that I can just go on a cursory walkthrough and be like, nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope. They might have something. Nope, nope, nope. And then, you know, just hit those one, two or three that I see that are kind of like would serve me well. Yeah. I, You know, I like going into every booth and looking at that stuff because sometimes there's like old crank phones and you know like stuff like that and i'm just like oh that's a cool thing to look at and then i go i would never buy that yeah you know and and that kind of thing but uh i'm not stocking a cracker barrel over here (laughs) a lot of in this area there's a lot of places like that and it's funny because there's there is a place in your in the antique mall that your booth is in that it looks like um it looks like a very modern minimalist like house like living room or something Uh they have like industrial like a's and and like it's like it's not antiques at all it is just like home furnishings and stuff um and it's weird because you get a weird in this area you get a weird mix of stuff like that like um i i i recently bought a uh a bram stoker's dracula pinball machine and it was displayed in one of these antique malls but it's it wasn't in this area it was actually closer to atlanta but um the uh the stuff in that, I guess it's not technically an antique mall. There were like antique booths, but most of it was just modern furnishings or like candles or, you know, like just, it was just 
Yeah, so there there are some antique malls that are super strict uh-huh. about what they'll allow in. Um, you know, I think to be a true antique, you know, among the antique people of the world, it needs to be 100 years old. Oh, really? I think so. Uh, um, cars aren't like that. Yeah, cars. No, dude, my, my 94 <laughs> trash truck uh, Ford Ranger qualifies now as an antique. It's 25 years old. And you have to get that special license plate for it, I think right? so, yeah. yeah. Um, so the some of them are, you know, it has to be meet a minimum criteria in age. Yeah. I, I made sure when I signed up for our booth that it was like pretty lax. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah, well, uh, but at the same time, you don't. It's it's like going to these flea markets where you find like Chinese import stuff. Right. You, uh-huh. I, that's not why I go to a flea market. Right. I go to a flea market to find weird stuff. Uh, but so in an antique store, I don't want to go to an antique store and find stuff. I don't want to find like Funko Pops that I can buy. Yeah. At GameStop or something. Yeah. Well, that's and so like the one that your booth is in, there is another booth that has just like Pez dispensers, uh-huh. and they have like some of the newer ones that Funko makes. Yeah, and stuff. it's so weird. It, it, it so it's interesting because there's a huge flea market in this area. And most of it is like this cheap Chinese toys, right? I know. And so bummed. But there's like these really like you would not want to walk into these flea markets and like other there's like um some other ones uh down the road from me that like it, they're I'm pretty sure they're just old chicken houses like uh-huh. chicken like you know like those long right. straight things and and like those you'll find amazing stuff in yeah like, like, oh those are the like. The off the wall, mm-hmm. just in the in the corner places, those those hold the best. Uh, I when I went to that video store in Jasper, mm-hmm. I found all kinds. I found like unopened pogs oh, nice. for like a dollar. Uh, tons of packs of those. They had I had I found a uh, some unopened NES games for mm-hmm. like fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like good stuff that you wouldn't find. At some of these that have been picked through all over. Yeah, yeah. That, that the the one that I was thinking of that's like a chicken a chicken house. The um, uh, they had like there's this one booth that had like video games and then also board games and toys like all together. And they had like a Star Trek uh, murder mystery that was a an audio tape. And I I didn't I didn't read the whole thing, but I was like, oh man, this is awesome. But I have a bad habit of buying board games and stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm going to buy this. And next time I have people, if we're going to play these games. And I have so many games that I just have never opened because of it. I was like, no, I can't buy this thing. But it was really cool. <laughs> and they had like a National Enquirer uh, board game and stuff like from, from the, uh, I think, the 80s. Uh, but... Yeah, this um, this other one that I went to the other day, that was the coolest thing that I saw. They had, they actually had a booth that had a ton of vinyl in it, um, and it was probably like four booths big. But I'm very particular about the type of vinyl that I buy, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, <laughs> I was just like, I walked into it and was like, this guy is not going to have the stuff that I want, right? And I'm not going to dig through all this like Kenny Rogers and like uh, religious records and stuff. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I'm just gonna keep walking, but, uh, but so. Um, I will say if you are uh, ever out, maybe a lazy weekend, and you see a, an off-the-wall flea marketplace that is does not look like you would be safe to be in it, check it out because you'll find <laughs> the coolest stuff in those flea markets yes. as opposed to the fancy-looking antique stores or, or that kind of thing. So. so before we change from this topic, uh-huh. uh, did you buy anything? No. Okay. But 
right now I'm looking at your collectible shelf uh-huh. that's in our studio. Mm-hmm. And listeners, soon, eventually, I don't have a date, but soon we will be able to video and record this show yeah. so that you can see it on YouTube. And we're setting up our studio now, so we've got some decorations and we've got Brian's shelf o stuff mm-hmm. and that's what he was going to look to fill out. So pick a few highlights of cool stuff that you might want to tell your listeners about that you're proud to display. Okay. Uh so some of it is some of it is old, some of it is new. Um but the uh it, it's it's kind of a mixture of like things that I liked when I was a kid. Um and maybe you know, sometimes newer stuff looks a lot cooler than the stuff did back when I was younger. So, um, the things I like the most, I have, uh, I have a, uh, box for the action set, uh, Nintendo entertainment center. Now is the system still in there? Yeah, it's in there. Oh, wow. Uh, somebody gave me that. Um, he was looking to sell it to, to somebody. Uh, and, and he collects, he has like a, a pretty cool collection of games and stuff. He has, um, some of the more risque Atari games. Oh yeah. Uh that, that have been graded and stuff. And oh, like wow. they're in those like those bricks. Those yeah, the clear thing and it has like the score on top of it and stuff like that. Uh but he was looking to sell it and then wound up giving it to me because he knew I'd give it a good home. And you did. Look, it's mm-hmm. got such a great home on that shelf. Yep. It looks beautiful. And then uh so I like that. Um I have uh NECA made these um I think it's was it 16 inches? I think I don't remember what size figures they are. They, so they have a line of these figures that they make and, um, but they made the turtles from the original Ninja Turtle movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have, these things are typically like around 200 bucks uh, a piece. Um, you can find them cheaper than that. Uh, but they, they don't make them anymore. Uh, but they, man, the likeness on them is amazing. And the first time that I saw these, it was at an FYE because there's a mall in our area that still has an FYE in it. Crazy. Um, and, uh, and so I, I went there and it was on clearance and it was a Donatello one and it was only like 150, but I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on it. And now I eventually went back to go buy it, and then it was gone. And so I was like, "Oh, jeez." Oh. Um, and I'm sure someone's selling it, like on Amazon or something, for 200 bucks. But uh, I wound up getting Raphael because he was my favorite uh, back in the day. And so um, I have somebody that has the whole set, and they said that they got them super cheap, and that he told me he would sell them to me for what he paid for, uh, just so that I can complete the set. So that's huge, man. Yep. It looks fantastic, and. He's standing right next to your buddy from Teddy Ruxpin mm-hmm. that we talked about on the last episode. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? Grumby? Yep. Cool. He it, looks good. Uh, just real quick here, you got some Genesis games. You got... Is that your original Power Glove? Or, uh, no. So, okay. I... my I no one, So, no one ever bought me a Power Glove. But when the NES was still the system, um, one of my sisters stole her other brother's power glove and gave it to me. Uh, and so um, I had that one for a while and I left it at my mom's house and I don't know like what eventually wound up happening to it. Uh, but uh, I wanted to have one just to have it. And uh, so when I looked online, I found a pretty cheap one and, and got that. So that's, that's that. But I did have one back then and I only used it like two or three times because it does not work very well. Uh, and so um, I, I usually just wound up using 
there's like a d-pad on the glove mm-hmm. and and stuff and i usually just wound up using that stuff to play games but yeah i have my i was lucky enough to, to have one and i i say lucky with air quotes because it ended up not being that cool yeah. but i i did have one originally i was i got it for christmas and i still have it it's on my it's on my display shelf they look uh, cool they do look cool mm-hmm. uh, and then the last thing i'll point out is the gift I gave you recently on a previous episode, mm-hmm. your Jaws action figure from the Burger King Kids Club. I, I think we agreed that we're going to try to get like a little representation from each of our episodes to yeah. be able to add to the shelf uh, or the studio in general as we go on. So uh, something to look forward to for you guys uh, who want to maybe t- a, a more visual experience uh, that is coming up in the new year. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Free Play Florida is the state's largest arcade and pinball expo. Each year, local collectors fill in an entire hall with some of your favorite classic games. It's your chance to relive the classic arcade or experience it for the first time. Have a one-on-one conversation with some of the most iconic names in video games. Test your skills in our pinball tournament or dance all night at the Free Play Florida after party. For more information, check out the link below. Uh, Brandon, uh, below what? The goal of Free Play Florida is to entertain and educate people of all ages about the history of the arcade. So, not far down the road from IAPA, in the same town, was another destination for me. It's one I've been to before as well, because coincidentally, the IAPA show butts up against Free Play Florida. That's so smart that they do that because I'm sure that has to be a conscious decision. Con, yeah, consci- conscious. Con- yeah, conscious decision Lever. against uh, <laughs> uh, for them to do that show that weekend, right? Uh-huh. So. No, it, it's very strategic, very smart because not only do uh, they get some good overflow traffic f- from attendees, they also get to have some of the newest and best games mm-hmm. and some of the designers of those games that were already in town for IAPA. So, yeah. so very smart. If you're not familiar with Free Play Florida, if the ga- if the title doesn't give it away, it is a retro gaming show that is similar to the event that I run. Um, I'm one of the organizers of the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which um, was was you know in some part inspired by Free Play Florida mm-hmm. and its earlier iteration, the Southern Pinball Festival. Mm-hmm. And it's just a celebration of gaming, a lot of it retro gaming, uh, arcades, pinball machines, console games, computer systems, um, and free play always, always, always has some really, really cool stuff. So, you know, in addition to being able to just go up and down the aisles and play some of the classic games like Pac-Man and Defender and pinball machines like Adam's Family and whatever, they always have some really cool rare stuff that you don't usually see. Mm-hmm. So this time they had like an unreleased Marble Man, uh, Marble Madness Two, rather. Oh, okay. Um, they had, you know, rare games like Gottlieb's Reactor, and they're all pristine. Yeah. Not all the games, but these that are rare, they they have really great examples of it. Reactor's a cool game. They had a whole Tron section that had a life size recognizer as the entrance. Oh, that's cool. So you could go into the Tron zone and play the Tron pinball, the Tron arcade game, environmental discs of Tron, um, all, all kinds of stuff. And they had all kinds of Tron collectibles in a glass display case. They had, let's see, a 
giant size. And when I say giant size, I mean like, I don't know, 16 feet tall Star Wars vector game Uh from Atari, you know, uh, they had the life size or an oversized version of Donkey Kong, you know, where you have to stand like on a, you have to walk up stairs to play it. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the Star Wars, is it a vector monitor? No, I, oh. it's, it's, it's the vector style game, okay. but it's, it's using a modern monitor. Um, they have, I'm trying to think of the, the really, really unique stuff. So of course they have all the, the brand new pinball machines from Stern that were there from Jersey Jack because they were able to get, um, those from my app over. They had some cool celebrity guests. They had, um, Warren Davis and Jeff Lee who created Qbert. Mm-hmm. They had Daniel, I forget his last name, but the guy who played, um, Johnny Cage in oh, Mortal yes. Kombat, uh-huh. the original game. They had the Anger Video Game Nerd guy was there. Okay. They had Billy Mitchell. They had David Crane mm-hmm. from uh, Activision. And then they had some really, 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 really cool ephemera that you don't normally see. My favorite piece that they had was a vintage Moldorama. Do you know what a Moldorama is? I am no. I was going to make a guess, but have you ever been to like the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago? I've been to the one in Tampa. Okay. So Moldorama is a coin-operated machine that molds plastic into little toy shapes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because they had they had dinosaur ones at the one in Tampa. So th- these machines are not manufactured anymore. So the ones that are out there are vintage that have been around since like the sixties. And the ones they had two machines here at Free Play that are vintage, and it's the original owner who who or his family who operated all this stuff way back when. And he still has them, still maintains them, and so he has all these original toolings for really old stuff. So I think they were giving away uh, a mold of the original 1964 Mickey Mouse from the World's Fair. Yeah. And you could just go and with your weekend pass, you get a free one of these things. And it doesn't cost much, of course, but it's still just like a cool experience that you don't get to have very much anymore. I'm surprised that you can still find the uh, plastic or whatever that they use to to make these molds uh, if, if they don't make the machines anymore. Well, it's just plastic. Yeah, but it's got to be something special about it. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I, have, I have no idea. That'd be something interesting to look at. Hmm. But... Obviously, they still run them. They still have them at the Museum of Science and Industry. They still have some at in Orlando at Disney World and stuff. I think. Oh, really? I love those things. Like they're so warm when they come yes. out, and then smelling them. They the oh yeah, the, it's that's great. The best. I love those. So, if you haven't been to Free Play Florida, you need to go check it out. They have great hospitality, great games, a fun time. It's it's a good show to where you don't feel overwhelmed with people, um, but. Yet there's a, a lot of stuff to do to keep you to keep you busy. One thing that I also love is that, like that life size recognizer or the oversized arcade games, they also had a uh, what do you call it? Not life size. I don't know. They had one of these things where you take pictures in front of. I got to have the backdrop of like I was in Pitfall, uh-huh. the arcade, yeah. the 
the cover of the game Pitfall. And so they had this little thing you could sit on and hold a rope to look like you're swinging over alligators. So that's on my that's on my Twitter. You can go check that out. That was a really fun time. So I'd like to thank Brian and the crew, different Brian, uh, for having me out to, to Free Play Florida. It was a good time. And I will probably be back. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. They're clever. They're mischievous. They'll get into the kitchen, the basement, the garage. They'll get into anything. And once they get in, you're in for it. Gremlins. They'll be expecting you. Directed by Joe Dante. Rated PG. Well, since we were talking about the uh, collectible shelf that I have, uh, two of the things on it are uh, two different gremlin figures. There is a spike figure. These are both from NECA. Uh, But there is a spike figure and just a generic gremlin. Uh, The cool thing about the generic gremlin one is it comes with so many different things. So, like, um, he has, I I think, technically it's it's the gamer version of it um, because he has the Atari... um, gremlins game box and he also has a, a, a atari 2600 joystick and then you got um, a little coleco style game mm-hmm. next to him and then the um but they also come with like a popcorn bucket and stuff like that so you can buy a bunch of those figures and then make like the movie theater scene for right. Gremlins or whatever so um but the reason i bring that up is since we talked about how we tr- like we're trying to have something from ev- every episode and the studio. And so that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is, uh, this week, uh, on Friday, you, um, voodoo uh, is going to be doing a viewing party for gremlins because it's the 35th anniversary of, uh, the great Christmas movie gremlins. (laughs) So, um, and it's, it's, really interesting uh apparently they do this a lot um i i hate the digital revolution um for multiple reasons uh but <laughs> such uh, a curmudgeon for some well it's basically my main problem with it is like what you're buying you know, like you're giving up your rights to ownership and you get nothing out of return other than just convenience you're just right? talking about you're you're a physical media guy uh well i kind of okay. not really <laughs> like I just just in general the digital revolution um anyways I'm not going to get into it <laughs> but the uh the I do I like I have like hundreds of movies on voodoo right and um you know some of that was uh the they had a they have a program where you can also take like physical movies that you own and then um you have to be like on your home Wi-Fi so you can't go to the store and do this you have to be on your home Wi-Fi with your location services oh on your phone uh, and then you scan the barcode on the back of your physical movies and then you can for two bucks get the digital version through their service and and that kind of thing so like some you know most movies nowadays when you buy the physical version it comes with a digital code that you can then type in to get the digital version but some movies didn't have that uh, if they're older and so this is a good way for you to, to digitize your collection that way uh, through their service uh, but anyways um how much is Voodoo paying us? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, okay, great. Just checking. <laughs> the uh, I I didn't want to bring it up for that reason, but <laughs> I figured this thing is so cool. Any like it's, it's it's such a cool idea. They apparently do this a lot with a bunch of different movies, um, but I figured old things being brought new again. Um, 
this is the 35th anniversary of Gremlins, uh, but also they just remastered it, so there's a 4K version of it. And so you can now pick that up. So how is this a viewing party? I don't get that. All right, so what you do, and I will tell you, finding any information about this (laughs) is like pulling hair out because um, I got an email. So this is how I learned about it. I got an email from Voodoo saying, hey, you own Gremlins. Uh, be part of the, the, the viewing party. And it's like, it's just like join hashtag voodoo viewing party. Uh, and, uh, to, to be part of this, you can win prizes. You can win like a, like all the stuff. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I wonder how I do this because in the email, it specifically, um, mentioned, uh, syncing your, your, uh, your movie or whatever when you're watching it. And so I was like, well, I, I wonder how that happens. So, um, but yeah, it says sync your movie with us and follow at voodoo fans on Twitter for your chance to win. So I was like, well, how do I do that? There's really no, uh, uh, other than that, it just tells you the amazing prizes, the 50, 50 inch 4k UHD TV sound bars, all, all this like gremlins merchandise that you can win. Um, uh, but it doesn't really tell you how to sync your account. And there was like a, uh, questions have questions. We're here to help. Click on this. So I click on that, and it's just generic questions about the Voodoo service. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, man!" So I clicked on the email, and then it takes you to the face the Facebook page. So are you going to be able to watch this movie? Well, so I own it, <laughs> okay. so I I can watch it. Uh, apparently, what it seems like you do is you you just uh you you go to like on Twitter, right? So when the movie starts, because it's it is this Friday. At uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and I guess you just so that that this Friday, meaning uh, December 13th. Yes, and um, and the uh December 13th, and then you, I guess, just someone had said something like, "Do you have to?" Oh, so I went to their Twitter account also to see if I could figure out how to sync my account, and someone said, "Do we have to join the Facebook group?" Uh, that you made for this and they said no just uh just follow our myspace page get into our top eight pull this panel this lever behind the door and then you'll be able to get in the uh event uh, what they wound up saying is nah, just um just you're you're basically they're going to be live tweeting and so just follow along with that and so um (laughs) i cannot find any physical way to sync the movie other than just join the hashtag so guys join this massive party (laughs) It's a huge experience, um, or just you know, pop in your VHS of Gremlins on Friday and say you did it. I, I will say um, on their Facebook page, uh, you know, there's it does not seem like they have a ton of engagement, uh, and so they're giving away some cool stuff. So if you <laughs> if you own you can you can buy the movie, or uh, I think it's on sale right now. I think the 4K version is only like seven bucks, um, or you can rent it through them and to to be a part of this whole thing, uh, but um hey they don't have a lot of engagement so it's and it's very hard to understand how to do this and so so you're the, saying yeah, there's a chance the chances of you winning some of this stuff's got to be pretty high right <laughs> and plus you get to watch you know gremlins and i don't own it in 4k um i really don't want to buy it in 4k and so one of the problems i have with their service is there's no way to like upgrade the thing you already own to the other version you just have to buy the other version mm-hmm. and so i probably will not buy the 4k version uh, but It's funny. I mean, I know that every generation, I mean, every movie is going to hit a milestone at some point. 
But it seems like we're in the sweet spot of so many classic movies hitting their 30th, 35th, you know, anniversary. Uh, Regal does a lot of these where they'll, well, they're put some classic movies back on the big screen for one or two nights only. Uh I've done a couple of those and sometimes they, I don't know how, but some, sometimes there'll be like five bucks to go see these things. I took, took my kids to see Goonies in the theater Uh for five bucks for some, maybe it was 30th anniversary or something. And it's cool too because it's not like redone versions, right? You and no. I went and watched Nightmare on Elm Street. That's and right. And it was it was not like a remastered version or no, anything. It was it like was, the original cellular. Yeah, it was like cigarette burns <laughs> and scratches and all. It was great. Um and then like other movies that it's just it's just fun to see which movies you've forgotten about have aged so much that they're at a milestone year. Like this year is the thirtieth anniversary of The Wizard. Oh, wow. With Fred Savage. Talking about the Power Glove. Yeah, talking about Power Glove is all full circle. So, yeah, check out Gremlins and who knows what'll be next. Well, it's that time again. <laughs> it's time for us to say goodbye. <laughs> I just think of that Mickey Mouse Club song that they used to sing at the end, right? Well, that's funny because I, when I said that, I was thinking, I feel like I should start singing right now, but that must be why. Yeah, and they had that, now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Uh, and and then they the, the new one, they went to that hip-hop version. <laughs> Mickey Mouse, it rocked the house. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. Yeah, so we'll have to come up with our own sing song and rap. Yeah, and then that way when we start doing, you know, a video version, we can have a bouncing ball at the bottom yeah. too so that people can sing along. <laughs> but for now, you'll just have to hear our voices as we sadly sadly grow quiet and wish you well. Um we're going to have a great episode coming up next week where we're going to talk about our favorite Santas. Mm-hmm. No, not the ones you're thinking about, the other ones that you're not. So look forward to that. Stay tuned. Um, Thank you for listening to our show. My name's Preston. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squared Stiff. Brian, where can folks find you and the show? People can find me at B.E. Grantham on Twitter and the show at Wayback underscore Attack. Uh, If you would like to, um, you can send us an email at... Was it waybackattackshow at gmail.com? You got it. All right. And then uh, you can also check out the website at waybackattackshow.com, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, it sounded weird. Uh, so. Leave her, just like that. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I am going to leave her right here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you.